Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Two tweets from Bucks players and two interpretations. What did Gerald McCoy and Deshaun Jackson really mean? And it's a football Friday. We'll break down the NFL Conference Championships games. Got some great ones. Pats at Chiefs. We've got the Rams at the Saints. And we've got all of that. And the Bolts lose to Toronto and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Bursting. Hey, before we get started, if you'd like to advertise with us, by the way, a lot of people are doing it. We'd love to have you. It's a new year. And if you're looking for some new business, we'll come grow with us. Um, all you have to do if you want to reach us is go to uh, tweet us at Sports Day TV. Sports Day TV, or you can uh, tweet me at NFL Stroud, um, or you can email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. People are seeing a lot of success with their businesses as they advertise uh, with this podcast, which is growing by leaps and bounds every day. So we'd love to have you, and uh, make sure you reach out and get a hold of us, and uh, we'll have a conversation about it. So, Steve, interesting uh, morning. I, I was, uh, you know, I wake up and I, and I read Twitter. Of course, I do that all day anyway with uh, with all that goes on in the NFL. And um, before we get into the conference championship games, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, uh, these two these two tweets that we had. Uh, one from Gerald McCoy and one from Deshaun Jackson. And I'll start with Deshaun Jackson. This is the order actually, which they were they were launched. Deshaun posted an Instagram and he linked it to Twitter. It said the following, PSA, you're not fake for leaving behind people who aren't benefiting you positively. First of all, that's a great philosophy. <laughs> I can't disagree with the word. I was going right? to say, what, what's the problem here? <laughs> There's none. And I think, and for that reason, I think we tend to try to read things and that really, I mean, that's just like a thought of the day. I mean, so what, is that, what does that mean? And we all try to interpret it, and, and I'm guilty of this as anybody. Um, in fact, I retweeted it and said, sort of, does that mean he's leaving? Like, what does this mean? But, um, but that's it. You're, you're not fake for leaving behind people who aren't benefiting you positively. If you wanted to translate that, and it might just simply be a thought of the day for Deshaun, but if you wanted to translate that into football, I think you would probably lean towards, hmm, maybe he's contemplating leaving the Buccaneers because they're not benefiting him positively. Well, but, but hold on. He can't leave the Buccaneers unless he's going to retire. Unless he's going to retire. That is correct. They own his rights. And so that's a great point, as is the fact that as far as benefiting him positively, I think about $23.5 million have gone in his his, uh, bank account the last two years, which I would say is a positive benefit. But – um, but we know we know Deshaun was unhappy the last two years for a, a, a number of reasons, not the least of which is they didn't win. And he's he's played 10 seasons going into his 11th season. But you're right, he's under contract. And, I mean, that whole thing about, you know, the report on NFL Network with Ian Rappaport saying that Bruce Arians wants to re-recruit him, which he doesn't have to re-recruit him because he can't play anywhere else. But Well, but um, does, does, in, the, in that case, does re-recruit just mean – Sell him on this is a good sell place. him on his yes sell his him role. on the fact that yeah that I'm going to get you the ball that 
you're going to have a bigger role that you'll be happy in my offense and I want you and give us a chance because this is a new regime. The problem is it's the same quarterback. But, yeah, re-recruit him in the sense that you probably thought Tampa Bay was in your rearview mirror and we're here to tell you that we want to do something with you. Now, my personal opinion is this is rhetoric to try to set up a trade or see if there is a potential for one even. Um, which which I would tend to be skeptical about just because of the $10 million. But you never know. And, and then, you know, the other part of that is if you, in any case, whether you're going to trade him or keep him, you have to convince him first to come in um, to OTAs, mandatory mini camps, learn the offense, spend some time, um, you know, report to training camp, work hard, play in the preseason, and then keep him or trade him um, all those things have to be done in order to have his value where you want it to be. So I don't know that you're going to convince Deshaun. I mean, I've, I've heard various things. You know that he, I know he sold his home. Whether he has another one in the area or not, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But um, but it sure see, it sure felt like that Deshaun pretty much had washed his hands of of the Bucks and and was was definitely looking to move on. But so I don't know if I, I don't know that. You know that Instagrams like this talking about leaving behind people who aren't benefiting you positively is really aimed at the Bucks or just a general philosophy that a lot of people should probably follow. But um, it did draw the attention of not just myself but a lot of other people, and, I, and I'm one too that believes that you know these pro athletes and maybe Deshaun in particular they don't do anything by accident. You know what I mean? Like there could be a double meaning to it, and who knows what's going on in his life, but. He knows, he's well aware of everybody's going to read that and interpret it or try to apply it to his situation with the Bucks. So I just th- I thought it was interesting. And I, I, don't have, I don't have the least idea, you know, as we sit here today. But I know this, they've got a ton of needs on that football team. And re- wide receiver right now is not one of them un- unless you're talking about using 7 or $8 million a year to try to re- retain Adam Humphreys who had 71 catches last year and would seem to be a younger player that they might want to reinvest in as opposed to, you know, paying Deshaun this money and, and hoping that in the third year things go things go better than they did in the first two. So I don't know. It, what, it, what do you think? Do you think there's any – I mean, would you be skeptical of that? Or just... oh, I, I mean, I, I think the Bucks are ready to move on from Deshaun. I believe Deshaun already moved on from Tampa Bay in his mind at least. Yeah, exactly. You know, based on the way last season ended. And, you know, I mean, starting with, you know, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick should be our quarterback. Sure. Yeah, that's right. That's that's how far back it went. I yeah. mean, it was really – he jumped right out there. And, and for good reason. I mean, 530 yards or so of his 750-something yards were from Ryan Fitzpatrick and four of his five touchdowns. And Ryan Fitzpatrick hit him 71% of his targets. And Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston connected on about 36%. So – but you I can, know, you know, I, I can also understand his frustration. I mean, he's an elite speed receiver, mm-hmm. and he can't. They can't get him the They ball. can't find a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently. I mean, nope. your starting quarterback can't. When you have that nope. elite speed, I can understand his frustration. Now, the way he goes about expressing it isn't always positive, as his tweet or Instagram post said today. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, he's going to be traded. Or cut. But the good thing is for the Bucks is they have till 
September, whatever the first game is. Literally the first week of the first game yeah. of the regular season. It's not. Right. It's not as the new year starts in March. It's not at training camp. Mm. It's you know when the regular season roster is announced. So whatever date that is. The best thing they can do is to do nothing and see if, if well, and talk know, him up. Talk you him create, up. Create create demand. Now the problem is it, you need more than one team in order to you know to get somebody to bid against not against themselves but to give you something and then you also I, if I'm another team I'd like to see I'd like to see if he's interested in playing it off he's going to report to training camp I mean what happens when you get to training camp or mandatory mini camps and he doesn't show and now you're finding him um, that's going to be a clear signal that you're nowhere with a guy and you might have to. Either he retires, or he doesn't, or you just say you're not playing anywhere unless you play here. Or well, if your if your um, plan is to trade him, then if I'm the Bucks, I'm telling him that ahead of time, going, you need to be at minicamp. Right, you show need, up, we'll find a place you know, for we're, you. We're working with teams. We want to trade yeah. you, but, but you got to do your part. But you mm-hmm. got to help the situation. Help me help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to, Jerry Maguire. I mean, it's just. That's that's what they that's what he'll have to do, and and we're a long way from, you know, from that first mini camp or whatever. You know, there's an extra mini camp with a new head coach, and that'll be sometime, you know, after the draft, probably, probably in late April or sometime like that. But we won't know for some time whether Deshaun has any desire of showing up here with Bruce Arians or not. So, I, I think it puts a lot of pressure on a quarterback, though. Too, I think in a year that you're hoping that Jameis Winston straightens things out. Having Deshaun Jackson there, no matter what kind of a weapon he is, it should help the quarterback. But I think in this case, he feels a lot of pressure to get the guy the ball. And clearly, it hasn't worked, and he's forced it to him. And well, I and think more importantly than that, it puts a lot of pressure on your salary cap, which you've got holes, you've got holes to fill, and you're spending too much on wide receivers. I, I would agree, too. And you can't hold that money up because by the time you free him, if you, it, let's say you don't get a deal for him until, I don't know, even training camp or later – there's that, that there's nowhere to spend that money. You know what I mean? Like you need that money in March to give to players, whether it's a raise to or re-sign a Donovan Smith or Adam Humphreys, or it's a, the bump you're going to give Jameis Winston. You need that money now, not sometime in July. So that's, that's all part of it too. We'll see. It was an interesting tweet. I thought it was uh, or an Instagram post that was interesting. Here's another one that I thought this one, this one I think may apply again Another guy that puts a lot of inspirational stuff out there. But Gerald McCoy tweeted the following uh, message on, I guess it would be uh, on Thursday. He said, quote, a lot of people resist transition and therefore never allow themselves to enjoy who they are. Embrace the change no matter what it is. Once you do, you can learn about the new world you're in and take advantage of it. Another good quote. (laughs) I mean, I can't disagree with it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to look to these guys for self-help from now on. Can't disagree with the sentiment, but is the is is the transition something that's going to occur as a result of him not being with the Bucks next year? I mean, this is a guy that Well, again, it's not gonna, his choice at this point. It's not Unless his choice, but it, but he but he, he could quit, he could retire, um, or he could be anticipating at minimum that He's going to have to make a transition because maybe the Bucks are either going to release him or ask him to take a pick that he may not want to take, and therefore, if he's going to play, have to play in a different city. And he knows these things, or at least, you know, I'm sure he's clued in just based on the responses we've gotten. Anytime you mention Joe McCoy over at One Buck Place, the first thing they say is, "Well, there's going to be, you know, a lot of things 
that we have to consider. And, and, you know, we got a lot of tough decisions to make. They're never talking about McCoy or the contributions he's made over the last nine or ten seasons. So it just feels that way. And I think we're all smart enough to know that the production doesn't match the salary now. It did when they signed him to that huge contract. But now that he's four or five, you know, three or four or five years into it, and and he's just not matching the production he used to have. Then the $13 million number, again, with all the needs we just talked about with Deshaun, can you really afford to have Joe McCoy? Now, if it were me and I was a new coach coming in this situation, I was Todd Bowles, and even though you know, there's some debate about how does he fit a 3-4, is, you know, is he going to be uh, helpful to you? But it's still a defense that's going to be one gap and, and get up the field. Uh, as much as you can. I don't want to lose my best players. I want to find a way to keep as many of my good players as I have because I don't have enough of them on that side of the ball. Um, but at $10 million, maybe not so much. And Vita Vea came on, and, and you know, you're, you're going to have to continue to draft at, at those positions, and, and so you just don't know how it's all going to shake out. But with Gerald, it's going to come down to this, and I've lived this with so many of these guys you know, whether it was Derek Brooks, um, I talked to Booger McFarlane about this. This happened to him after he won a Super Bowl with the Colts. You know, if they do approach him, and at minimum I think they're going to approach him and ask him to take a pay cut, then it becomes, you know, okay, so I'm going to make this much money, and if I have to go live somewhere else and, and, and buy a home, am I leaving my kids for four to six months? Am I going to move them out there? And if I do, how much are my living costs going to be if I'm going to maintain – two residences because my real home's in Tampa or, you know, or am I uprooting everybody? There's a lot more in Gerald's life right now than there was when he first started, including, you know, a, a bunch of kids and uh, anywhere from, you know, 16 to, to an infant. So, you know, he's not in this alone. He's a great dad. He's a great family man. I can't see him being away from his family very long, which means you'd have to take take them with you. Uh, although he loves Tampa, I don't know if he's ready to uproot everything from here. And, and, and so, you know, when you go somewhere else or you buy a new place. And look, the other part of this is he's made hundred upwards of $150 million. He was like the last draft class where, you know, top first-round picks and top three picks made a ton of money. Yep. $55 million guaranteed. You know what I mean? And he did another contract for even more. So I I find it hard to believe that you know, that he's going to be a guy that's going to be chasing. And he could, to your point, Steve, we talked about it. I mean, he could chase a ring. That would make sense to me. That would if be, the, you, you know, me, if he's got a choice of where to go or retire, yeah. it might be, you know, hey, is New England calling? Is the Rams exactly. calling? Or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the Saints? Or, you know, name a team that you think could get to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, Kansas City, big-time contender. You know, somebody that's there. Um, that's going to be there every year. That that would just to experience the playoffs, um, if if not a Super Bowl, that would make sense if you wanted to, you know, the career fulfillment um, and see how the other half lives. But again, there's there's a cost benefit. Like, is it really important for his career? To, to and, and there's no guarantee. There's only one team wins the Super Bowl every year. So you know, if you picked wrong or that team, you know, something happened and and you didn't go to the playoffs, are you still okay? I think he should be proud of his career the way it is now if he decides to hang him up, and I have no insight or reason to believe that that's going to be the case. But there are people that I know that tend to think that maybe Gerald would just retire before he would just, you know, pack up the family and, and, and chase the ring, so to speak. Because, you know, he's he's had a tremendous career. I mean, the guy's going on the ring of honor. 
but for the fact he wasn't Warren Sapp, he's one of the best defensive tackles they've ever had in franchise history. And I think he's right. They will miss him when he's gone, whenever that is. But new defense, new defensive coordinator, not no guaranteed salary this year. I, I think we're looking at, like I said, at minimum a transition. And so when he writes, um, a lot of people resist transition and therefore never allow themselves to enjoy who they are, embrace the change no matter what it is. That can apply to anything in life, but it also can re- apply to changing teams or uh, embrace the change of the freedom of not being a football player. I mean, we're going to hear from Gerald McCoy when his career is done. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. TV, to me, was a natural for him. Smart guy, engaging guy, great personality. I don't know if he's, you know, if he's looked into that or that's something he wants to do. And I'm not trying to retire the guy because I still think he can play. But those two, those two sort of things that showed up on social media I thought were interesting. Are we sure he just didn't uh, see the new commercial for transition lenses with different uh, colors of eyeglasses now? That he <laughs> just be, won- man. Got his eyesight checked, and he's going for a change. <laughs> I tell you, man. I've, I've had those before. Like not, I don't know if they were actually the transition brand. It's freaky, but they work really yeah. well. Well, now like, they have new you know, colors. Like it's not just you know like sunglass oh, really? color. Yeah, I think they got like blue and whatever. I, mean, I saw Damn. a commercial today for it actually. Shoot, well he should he should endorse the hell out I of that. Maybe I he mean, you know he just got his eyes checked today. So it could be. Don't resist the transition from the dark. Come to the dark. Come to the light. They're pretty cool. They're funky. I mean, I used to think that if you wore them, you had to be like sixty plus. But now well, you're approaching you know, there, aren't you? Not quite. I'm getting. I said I mean, approaching. What, yeah. I didn't say you're there. Yeah, I'm. I'm on the glide path. I mean, I, I'm talking to the tower, if that's what you mean. Final approach, maybe. I mean, not not quite, but yeah, I'm. Three quarters I'm of a mile. Called the ball. Yeah, right. Exactly. The last beacon is ahead of me. You know, somewhere. But yeah, so uh, I don't know. How do we get on this? How about a transition? Uh, yeah, transition from this to whatever we're talking about. I don't want to talk about my age and all that. So. Speaking of Berman yeah. and Tom Jackson, they'll be doing NFL primetime again after the conference championship games on Sunday. I don't know if you How saw about that. that? With Keyshawn uh, with, will be a part of it. With my boy, Keyshawn Jackson. Yeah, so we got uh, uh, Tommy, of course, how many years has been 25, and Keyshawn Jackson looking dapper. I love it. And what does that say, by the way, for as much, like, crap as we get Berman, you know, and everybody with the nicknames and stuff. But what does it say that, and and this is true, that show, whenever they do it, will be higher rated than anything they've done during the regular season with Samantha Ponder and and those other people. (laughs) Randy Moss and all those guys. The, people love they love for whatever reason they love they love hearing from well, those him guys. and Tom Jackson together were phenomenal. They were great, especially the highlight part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's too I mean, bad Lamar Jackson's not playing this weekend because it'd be Lamar Jackson from Louisville. <laughs> Louisville, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I I, lo- I mean I look I I did Berman for so long. I, I loved. And he's just that guy. He, in fact, he's more of a caricature of himself when you meet him than he is on TV. You know, saw him in San Francisco at Dwight Clark's funeral. It was, it was, it was hilarious, just talking to him because he just does all the, you know, and all that. And um, of course, he was there in San Francisco. You know, when they won their first Super Bowl in the salad days of ESPN and stuff. But man, yeah. So they're back this weekend, and they're they're back, 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 back for NFL countdown prime time. So we'll see them, see him and Tom Jackson. 
So, we got the AFC and the NFC Championship games, and these are your top four seeds, as it turns out, you know, the top two seeds in each, each conference making it to the finals, which I, I'm not surprised by at all. I guess if there is a surprise, it would be that New England's not at home. That might That's something that is uh, not, not the norm for them of late. But um, let's start, uh, Steve, in the AFC, where you have the Patriots going to visit uh, Kansas City. So well, the, the underdog Patriots that uh, no one, uh, that Julian Edelman <laughs> selling shirts saying, uh, bet against us. We suck. <laughs> Tom Brady saying, yeah. I know everybody thinks we suck. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know they, they like to think you do, but no one actually believes that. I mean, do, you know, how about the Patriots just trying to pretend they're underdogs? Let's start there, okay? I mean, what happened to won- what happened to we're on to Kansas City? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that with this team? <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're just happy playing a game, being a championship. Somebody asked me the other day about what about the cold. He goes, well, "We're not playing the cold. We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs." <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm just happy playing the game. Um, they're there every year, and and I will say, you know, this year, uh, here's a great stat, by the way. Tom Brady has twice as many playoff wins, okay, think about what I'm saying, as, I think, total wins that Patrick Mahomes has in his career. Tom Brady has more playoff wins than 27 franchises. Jesus, that's incredible. I mean, it's, I mean, he he's, it's a machine. I mean, he's a machine, but... Um, but here he is, and, you know, we talked about the whole, you know, confidence pick. Do you like Brady Belichick or do you like Andy Reid, Patrick, and Mahomes? Well, it's tough to go against Brady Belichick. But this year, New England was not as powerful as they have been in the past. First of all, they lost five games, you know, which is something that, uh, that is not, not typical of them. And, and for that reason, that's why they don't have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So they have to go on the road. It's going to be Arctic an Arctic blast coming through. Um, we're talking about single digits at minimum. Which New England's more used to than Kansas City is. Is that are they though? I mean, well, Kansas City gets some really weird. No, weather. I realize I mean, they, that, but Kansas City's usually not pe- playing in January. They're not. That's true. It's been forty something <laughs> years since they. I mean, they've New England's every January playing in the snow in Foxborough. That's a great point, and so, and and so, yeah, the Chief fans aren't used to hosting the game, and they're not used to host, hosting one this late in the year, so. It's going to be uh, going to be brutally cold. Um, this is a rematch, uh, of course. Earlier in the season, these two teams met Great on game, that highly rated way. Sunday night football game, Week Six, with eighty three combined points. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was insane. Those two teams going up and down the field with each other. Um, different personnel since then for both of them, but I don't know that I expect, especially with the weather that high of a scoring game, necessarily. But you've got two of the uh, the winningest active coaches in football because Andy Reid's been around forever. Uh, of course, Bill Belichick, we know how much he's won. Um, and, uh, and it's just a great contrast in, in quarterbacks. Um, but both of them, you know, with tremendous resumes in, in a short time for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, consider this. you got two of the three human beings that have ever thrown for 50 touchdowns in a season on this field together. Mm-hmm. Mahomes, of course, did that this year. Brady's done it in the past. Peyton Manning has done that, so that's that's rare company. But but again, you know, this is not as scary a team that New England has had. I mean, think about what Rob Gronkowski has been in the past and what he is now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he can rally for a great game, but he's 
he's a shell of his of his former self. They don't have, you know, in the past you you, you find a, a deep threat, and I know they've done it before with these you know little slot receivers underneath. But Josh Gordon, of course, is no longer with the team. Um, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna have to eat their. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Way down the field with the throws to the running backs and you know, Brady getting the ball out of his hands, and, and I'm sure that Kansas City will have a better plan than San Diego did because they're not going to sit back there in a zone and let them just pick them apart. They're going to have to get pressure on them, and they'll, they'll probably do that. There, there's a lot of – again, this this is not – to me, when I watch them, Steve, this is not the same scary Patriots we've seen in the past. It's not, but the thing the Patriots do better than anyone else is they minimize mistakes and they capitalize on yours. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kind of sit back and wait for you to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's when they pout. I mean, and that's coaching. That's execution. You know, that's what they do so well is is they don't always have the, the most loaded roster. Matter of fact, most of the time outside the quarterback position, you know, you go head-to-head with another team, and the other team's going to win the position battle when you get to playoffs. Right. But they'll, they'll let you gain yards down the field. They'll even give oh, yeah. up some touchdowns, but they, they wait for you to make mistakes, and they make adjustments very well. Mm-hmm. You know, when they see what you're going to try to do offensively or defensively, they adjust very well during games. They, they do that probably better than anyone. Well, they're going to have to adjust to what they did the first time they played. I know that because with, you know, Tyreek Hill, who gave them, who gave them fits. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they ended up with 352 I think receiving yards in that game, and and Hill is the guy. I think they got to find a way to to slow down. You know, he's, you know, they move him around. He's in the slot a lot. Uh, his his yards per catch and 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 the run after the catch, that's that's sort of how Kansas City rolls, and gets big plays and and converts third down. So, you know, Belichick for one game was going to have to come up with a uh, you know with a good plan for him, and then you know. The Patriots are going to have to find ways to, to to get some big plays of their own. I mean, you know, they got James White. They throw to him a lot. Sony Michelle is coming off a really good game uh, as far as running the football goes. So you'll try to keep. You know, I would imagine Belichick will have to try to keep that offense off the field with some by driving the ball. Uh, I don't know how many big plays New England can make because again, they're not they're not a big play sort of a big play offense per se. But they can score points, and they they scored points against Kansas City the last time. As much as people say New England's offense isn't as good this year, I believe they're like fourth in the NFL in points. They're good with points, yeah. I mean, they can score know, some points. They, they actually have done better than people think. Now, they haven't been as good on third down throughout the season, and, mm-hmm. and maybe their execution hasn't been as crisp as, as some other seasons, but they're still scoring a ton of points. They are. Now, the other thing is, is that, and this goes back to the road thing, all their losses have come on the road this year, and they've mm-hmm. been – for the most part, they've they've gotten beaten pretty good. I mean, they lost by eleven, by sixteen, by twenty four, um, and then of course, uh, you know, they they lost by one and, and seven, I believe. 
Um, so they're, they're scoring a lot more points at home than they are on the road, and that makes sense. And I don't know, I don't know how the weather's going to affect them. I mean, you know, this is this is nobody likes to play in this. It's one of those deals where the ball uh, changes in terms of its, you know, it becomes harder, harder to kick, harder to throw, sometimes harder to catch. Um, you know, so footing might be an issue. I really don't know if anything's going to come out of the sky or not. But I, I would and almost always, Steve, almost always I would favor the New England Patriots in this game because I believe that they just know how to get to Super Bowls. You know, they know they make it to this game every year it seems, and and most of the time, if not always, they 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 go to the Super Bowl. But something about me, maybe it's the home field, maybe it's just. I think the Chiefs are better. Something about me wants to say I'm I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this game. I think home field becomes the difference somehow. Even though Mahomes has never been on a stage like this, and you wonder if Belichick can't take advantage of his inexperience and for one game really make things hard on the kid. You know, but the one other thing, and you mentioned the Patriots have lost you know all their games on the road, and they lost five this year. Mm-hmm. Do you realize none of them were playoff teams? That they beat every playoff team they've faced this year. So they had letdowns against lesser they teams. Lost down, they lost to the Jaguars. They lost at the Lions, mm-hmm. at the Steelers, mm-hmm. at the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm looking through their schedule. There's one other loss somewhere. Uh, Interesting. None of those teams made the playoffs. You're right. But, yeah, uh, maybe there's one. I may be missing one here. I'm trying to scroll through real quick and see mm-hmm. where they lost. But, but against playoff teams, the Titans was the other one, and they just missed the playoffs. Okay. So they right. did not lose to a playoff team. Wow, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, it's you know, is it playing? The they level get up of for their competition. Is it, is yeah, it, maybe. Is it these maybe. lesser teams? This is their Super Bowl because the Patriots are in town. Well, and, you're and always played get out the of their mind. Shot. You know, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. you know when you're the you you know when you're that good for that long, mm. you know that's, that's one of the games that teams circle on their schedules. Right. It is hard to pick against New England, and I did it last week. I thought the Chargers had a shot. I didn't. I, I took all yeah. the home teams, but but it was it was a much. I didn't see that happening. I didn't see them scoring touchdowns on all first three possessions and running away, and then San Diego, you know, scrambling at the end. Yeah. I'm gonna so go, I'm got? gonna go with Kansas City too. You go with Kansas City, okay? Yeah. Yep. That that means New England will win. So yeah. uh, so <laughs> we both took Kansas City. <laughs> if you're listening, my predictions aren't that good, folks. They were good last week. I was gonna say you were four zero last week, so. I was, but I was just, you know, picking winners. I mean, you know, it's, if you're looking, if you're looking at me, coming, I don't even know what the spread is. Okay, um, but I believe the Chiefs well, were favored initially. I haven't looked at recently. Okay, then so I'm so I'm taking the Chiefs. It wouldn't matter at this point because I'm, I'm, I guess, well, it would matter if I'm taking the Chiefs, whatever points they're giving up. Anyway, this is not gambling. We're not charging you for this. So don't, Chiefs are don't favored by three. Okay, so that's that's a that's a pick 'em game. I yep. mean, that's. Home field is worth three points, and you figure it's in the next it's game. Much the a, Saints are favored by three and a half. So, okay, so these are these are these are closely you know regarded matchups uh, in any event. As far as uh, and this is the game that I'm really looking forward to. I think I think obviously I'll watch them both, and, and I'll be interested in both. But to me, the Saints Rams is has got everything, you know. Again, you have you kind of have a match between the young and the old at quarterback with Jared Goff and uh, and Drew Brees, obviously. But but Sean McVay against Sean Payton, I think is a great matchup because they're both, I think, two of the best play callers in football. Obviously, 
Peyton has been doing it for a lot longer and is, is really, really good. And that's another one that's a rematch of a, this one mm-hmm. was a week nine game. Another um, great game. That uh, fantastic game that the Saints won 45-35 uh, against that defense, which can at times can be a handful. And Michael Thomas, remember that that was the game that he pulled out the, the cell phone, you know, mm-hmm. touchdown celebration. Yep. But I believe Akeem Tlaib did not play in that game. He did not. That is a great point. That is a great point. He did not. And also, you had a, a, a situation where the Rams, even though now out of necessity, now they have C.J. Anderson, right, mm-hmm. who's who's back and new for them in, in this, this matchup. And he's been playing great despite, you know, it looks like he ate his former self. He's a little, little heavier, chubbier guy. Um, but that's not, you know, him and Todd Gurley, of course, last week ran wild. So um, you got the, the Los Angeles, uh, you know, high-flying offense against. But, I, you know, I'll say this about the Saints in their offense. If you look at what they did the last, certainly the last quarter of the season, they weren't putting up the points that they had earlier. I don't trust that and, offense right now. I don't and, know and if Drew Brees isn't right or. Something's off for them. Yep. Yeah. I think something's a little off. I mean, Michael Thomas can still make a ton of catches, and he had, you know, he had a ridiculous day last week. But they're not getting the ball to Alvin Kamara in space the way they did earlier this season. He's not as effective. Um, you've still got Ingram. They really don't have a tight end that's helping out all that much right now. And Breeze looks Breeze looks a little rattled to me. He looks, you know, they're getting off some slow starts. Obviously. I mean, I was shocked that, you know, Philly gets up 14-0 and didn't get shut out. The difference in, in the Saints this year is their defense. Mm-hmm. The reason they've won these games, as great as Drew Brees is and as, as good of a play caller as Sean Payton is, they are here, I think, because their defense is really good. And yet, and this will be the test, like they allow you to take shots against them because they're going to put uh, Marshawn Lattimore outside one-on-one, and, and you're they're going to force you – to, to try to hit some big plays down the field. If they get up on you and they come after you like they do, it could be a long day. But you're going to have a chance to make plays against them down the field. And and everybody does. You know, certainly we saw the Bucks week one, you know, come out and bomb away. And Mike Evans, you know, turned around Rashawn Lattimore a million times. And they had, you know, both him and Deshaun Jackson had enormous days with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you can make plays. Um, but the defense has been what's kept them, I think, in this. And, you know, the Saints, the other thing is they don't, they don't lose playoff games at home. I mean, that is a tough, tough venue. You won't have the weather to contend with, but the noise is, is a factor. I believe gonna, Peyton and Breeze are 7-0 and in the playoffs at the Superdome. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And, you know, you're going to get three or four false starts that's going to absolutely cost you yardage, put you behind the sticks. And, you know, so, so all of that is going to be a factor in this game. But the Rams, you're right, the Rams' defense is better with a keep to leave. I, I, I mean, well, the, they can line him up one-on-one with Michael Thomas at times. And, that's, and I think that's what you're going to see. I think, I think you're going to see, you know, Tlaib and Thomas all day long going at it against each other. You know, Mar- Marcus Peters, you know, there was a, there was a big flap. He, he's now, you know, John back and forth with Sean Payton after their first meeting. And uh, he's come out and said, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see me soon. You feel me? We're going to have a little good, nice bowl of gumbo together. So the gumbo's become a big thing for this matchup, which I love gumbo. It's delicious. Anytime you go to New Orleans, you got to get a cup of gumbo, right? 
So there's that. And Peyton, Peyton is one of those guys. Like I want to like Sean Peyton so bad because he's a, I think he's a brilliant play caller, and I and it, and he's one of the best guys. We do these conference calls every Wednesday before the Bucks games or whatever their opponent is. And of course, we get Peyton twice a year because they play the Saints. And I'm telling you, this guy talk ball with him all day. He's engaging. He's smart. He's funny. A guy you think instantly you like and you want to play for, but he has an edge to him. <laughs> <laughs> that we've seen it with the you know the dirt cutter handshake or you know the Peyton is his own worst enemy because he doesn't want to win he wants to gut you he's got a lot of John Gruden in him that way you know it's not enough just to win a game I want to gut you I want to win calling my plays you know throwing the ball down the field taking chances and of course I thought he I thought he turned that game around against Philly last last week because you know he went for that fake punt which was a calculated risk. But he knew his team was not was going nowhere. They needed a spark, and they needed it right then. And he's not afraid to take those chances. We saw it when they won the Super Bowl, and they, they had the onside kick coming out in the second half. And those are the things that Sean Payton does because he's so confident, and, and, uh, and, and you love that about him. But, boy, there's a part of me that watches him. And, and he gets into it. That's the thing. Like, he gets into it with other players of the, on, the other, on the other team. Like, he's yelling at them on the sidelines, you know. Yelling at the other coaches. I mean, it's really something to watch. So this will be fun. This, this, this is going to be the game. To me, this is going to be the game of the week. I, I think so, too. I mean, it's going to be inter- – it's, it's interesting that this is the early game. Yes. And that the, yeah, the, we, we the, talked about yeah. them in reverse. Yeah, the yeah. outdoor game and it, at Arrowhead is going to be the night game, which is bizarre. But Make it even colder for fans. Yeah. 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 So who you got? Well, I mean, again, I, I'm uh, – I want. I kind of want to see the Rams win. No, not, I didn't I, ask who you wanted to win. I know, and I think I think they may be the better team. I, I'm but taking I'm the Rams. Take, I'm taking the Rams. I'm gonna. Are you taking the Rams? I'm yeah. gonna take. I'm taking the Saints. I and, just. I don't trust the Saints' offense right now, and I think the Rams with Akeem Talib and now with C.J. Anderson helping run the ball as well. I, I don't so know if I trust have, Jared Goff, but but the Saints' offense has not been right. So we agree on Kansas City. So you could, I mean, I think Kansas City and the Rams is what I think America is rooting for. America. I could be wrong about that, but I mean, do you want, or do you want to see Breeze against Brady, the two oldest quarterbacks to ever go at it in a Super Bowl? That would be, that would be fun, but people are tired of New England. I don't know how many people have told me, I don't want to see New England. The networks are probably wanting LA versus New England. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those two markets capture the number two market in the Northeast. And then it's McVay versus Belichick. Which is a which is a good. young versus old. Sure. Sure. I mean Sean McVay will be a rock star. He is already. How about by, LA? by the way, by the How, way, did you see Wade Phillips comments today? Oh, it's hysterical. So his son is a tight ends coach, I think, for Washington. Wes. Yeah, yeah. Wes Phillips. And mm-hmm. so Wade said, Hey, uh my son's uh Coaching, uh, you know, tight ends for Washington, but he knows Sean McVay. So, you know, if you got a coaching <laughs> opening, that's great. Since that's apparently just, the only way to get a job outside of Bruce Arians, you, you better uh, have some connection to Sean McVay, then you get a job. Everybody was, everybody was looking for him. I can't. It's a copycat league, and you'll see it go back the other way if the if this doesn't work out with all these young guys who got jobs this year. If, if Bruce Ari- let me say this: if Bruce Arians wins. Everybody be looking for the next sixty-seven-year-old head coach, and Bill why? Why will be coming back? And oh, if know. he wants it, yeah. I mean, Mike Shanahan. You know, I mean, Joe Mike Gibbs Holmgren, coming out of retirement. I mean, come on. Perhaps, perhaps. Joe's a little over the hill, but I mean, 
But I could see I could see all that other other stuff happening for sure. You know, I mean, they'll be looking for that. So that's that's the way the league is right now. Sean McVay owns it. So anyway, interesting week of uh, postseason football, and then of course uh, all headed towards the Super Bowl in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Pro Bowl in between that is in Orlando. If you want to roll over there and uh, and watch Mike Evans play, um, and and many many others. So. We're almost done. We're down to down to just three games in the NFL season. Hard to believe. Um, finally, your Tampa Bay Lightning. You were at this game, Steve. I, you know, Toronto's a really good team. This was a really good game. It was fun to watch. Boy, those two teams can really skate. And uh, I think goaltending in the end was the difference to me. Frederick Anderson was phenomenal for Toronto. I, he they they gave him everything he could handle, and then some empty netter goal. It ends up four to two, but. Uh, when I tell you that the Lightning had a bunch of chances in that final two minutes or so uh, to tie the game, and then it ended weirdly on even the empty netter. You were there, Steve. Like they they cleared the puck. Uh, well, Toronto the Lightning did. thought the puck went out of play. Right. They stopped skating, signaling, "Hey, the puck's out of play." But Toronto kept mm-hmm. skating, got the empty net goal. And from what I, I gather, and I haven't seen the replays of it, um, mm-hmm. you know, the initial TV replay we couldn't tell, but apparently. The puck hit when Toronto was trying to clear the zone. Hit the microphone that's right above the boards, right by the Toronto bench. Exactly, and that's what it hit. So it probably should have been a delay a game penalty instead of them getting an empty net goal. Now it doesn't mean Lightning would win that game. So you but can't quite blame Fox. Four, you can't no. blame Fox Sports Sun for the loss yet, but <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing putting those microphones there? Um, but you know, the both play, like I think Hedman and somebody else pointed immediately. Stamkos, to it, it was Hedman and Stamkos. Yeah, immediately they knew, and they to the point where they didn't even pursue. You know, not that they could have caught yep. prevented the empty netter, but they they stopped right at the at their own blue line. So, but that wasn't why they, they lost the game. I mean, look, this was a no. good game. The Lightning at times looked really good. At other times, man, with Toronto when they're executing and skating, man, they're fast. They're good. And yeah, they they fly the zone nonstop. I mean, they're cherry-picking all day long, which should give you other opportunities on the other end. But Frederick Anderson was really good tonight. He was great. And they don't give you much. They don't give you a whole lot of space either, though, man. They play really good defense, yeah. I thought. No, they were forechecking really well. You know, the Lightning, you know, when they made mistakes, Toronto made them pay for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good game. Toronto just happened to get three in the net and Lightning two uh, outside the empty netter. It was 3-2 going before the empty netter. But. And Vasilevsky was phenomenal. I oh, mean, he was great, you know, too, yeah. I mean, he 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 saved them many many times. Hey, the game-winning goal was a phenomenal play by Johansson to Tavares to Marner. Yeah, phenomenal pass. Yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky had no shot on it. So now, have they lost twice to Toronto? No, they're or one and one. They're one. They and won one. four okay. to one previously. No, they, both games have been played in Amelie. They still have two more to play up in Toronto. I'll tell you, this uh, th- th- those teams are going to be obviously in the in the postseason, and that's that's going to be yeah. if they play each other, it's going to be quite a series. Yeah. Now the Lightning have only lost two games in a row once this year, mm-hmm. and that was in early November to Ottawa and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So San Jose comes in here on Saturday. Now San Jose had won seven in a row until they lost uh, the second half of back to back in Arizona on Wednesday, but they're one of the hottest teams in hockey, and they're the they're the team that stopped the Lightning's 16-game, you know, unbeaten in regulation Point streak. Street. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of weeks ago, right after the first of the year. So, San Jose, Saturday, Lightning's trying not to lose two in a row and three out of four if they lose on Saturday. So, going into going their – Going into the All-Star. They'll have 10 days off without – it's going to be weird. 10 days without hockey game. 
the mm-hmm. bye week and the All Star game put back to back. Unless you count the All Star game where a bunch of Lightning well, sure, players will follow sure, follow San Jose back to San Jose, as it turns out, uh, which is where that's where the All Star game is, right? In San Jose, correct? Yes, next yeah. weekend. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun, and uh, it's the natural break in the hockey season. A little little more than halfway. I mean, still unbelievable. I was listening to Phil Esposito before the game, and he was he was almost foreshadowing. Sort of like, now don't everybody panic if they lose a couple in a <laughs> row here. You know, it happens. I mean, well, my goodness, you can't play at this pace. And they got eight losses or whatever it was, nine. Um, now they have so ten. Was, so a uh, question from the mailbag. They're close to the Bucks' loss total now. Yeah, yeah, ten well, ten regulation losses in 48 games. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal what they've managed to do at this point. And they still got a long way to go. Their biggest enemy, somebody was saying this too on a pregame, it was like, you know, the biggest enemy they have is boredom. Mm-hmm. You know, can can they, they – they're so far out in front of everybody, you, you would imagine they could coast their way to the Atlantic Division title and, and then some, but and have the number one seed. So what is what is going to keep them interested? You know, what is going to allow them to go out there and, and try to try to match every night their, their own performance because – They've just got built such a lead. Well, that's going to be the leadership in the room from you know Stamkos and yeah. Hedman and mm-hmm. Callahan and you know the 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 good thing about this team is there's a, a lot of veterans on this team. This is a very experienced team, and they've experienced a lot of this together for the last three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. And and you know between them all, and then some of the Ranger guys, you know, were experiencing Eastern Conference Finals before they came to the Lightning, and the Lightning yeah. won the Eastern Conference Finals. So you know they've seen it all, they've done it all. Um, you know, outside of winning a cup here in, in, in Tampa Bay. But, you know, it's going to be that, 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 you know, the good thing tonight is, you know, Stamkos mentioned after the game, they weren't happy. They're, they're not happy they're losing. No. This isn't just, ah, it's another, you know, it will be fine, it's another game. They're not happy about it. Right. Which, you know, that shows you the type of team it is. And that doesn't mean they're not going to have some stretches where they lose a couple. But, you know, they're not satisfied when, you know, even if they play pretty well and lose – they're not satisfied, mm-hmm. so that's a good sign. Another good sign, I thought, is that Hedman played really, really well. I, I, mm-hmm. I liked his game. Yeah, he, he played really well. I thought Yanni Gord was fantastic. He's been scuffling yeah. as far as you know scoring. scoring. He's, uh, hasn't mm-hmm. had his goal in nine or ten games. Yeah, something. eight games, and I think it's one in nineteen, something like that. Yeah, but he was so he, he was well. he was. There was a, a a point in the game he was just dominating the game for five or ten minutes. Seemed mm-hmm. like he was always and Tyler Johnson left the game with the lower body injury. Uh John Cooper yeah, after the game it. said uh will be evaluated on Friday no more then. So he didn't no, play the third thing period. Is, so hopefully it's not serious. You got a nice long time off where these guys can get healthy and that's that's what they need right now. And sometimes that's enough to, to rejuvenate you for the second part of the season. So uh busy weekend, of course, football uh weekend with uh with the NFC and AFC championship games and then uh, one more game for the Lightning against San Jose, and then you got the All-Star break. So we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday. And uh, remember, if you guys would like to uh, advertise with us, we'd love to have you. You can reach us uh, on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can do that also uh, at NFL Stroud or at rstroud at tampabay.com. And the Tampa Bay Times has a new podcast now called Blood and Truth. You can get on iTunes or Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. In 1976, a jury had convicted Tommy Ziegler of four murders. But more than two decades, Ziegler's been trying to convince the state of Florida to allow full DNA testing of the evidence in his case. He says it would help exonerate him, but the state has refused again and again. 
You can hear all about it on the Tampa Bay Times new podcast, Blood and Truth. Search for it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you hear podcasts. Fantastic series and going to be even better on the podcast, I'm sure. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.